Welcome back to the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast with your host, John Fedro. Tune in weekly, plus listen to past episodes designed to make you money, save you time, and give you confidence as an active mobile home investor. Now, here's your host, John Fedro. Welcome back. John Fedro here with the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast, episode number 12. Thank you for being here, everybody. You could be anywhere. Thank you for listening to this quick podcast. We're here to bring you some value. Uh, my name is John Fedro, and I have Alana out of New York, active real estate investor, mobile home investor. Alana, thank you so much for, for being here. Hi, John. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to be here. Fantastic. Thank you so much. We have a kind of a very interesting uh, topic uh, to discuss that we've never talked about before. Uh, and this is yeah. about you selling as an investor, you're purchasing a mobile home and you're reselling it. Typically, you know, 90% of how we sell mobile homes are for payments. Well, mm -hmm. the other 10% are for uh, cash, cash or, 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 or bank financing, but usually cash because the mobile homes that we sell, they're a little bit tough to get to get bank financing for for the person that we're selling to. Absolutely. So wonderful. So that's what we're talking about. Please, uh, Lana, give uh, everyone. Now you're out of New York City. Uh, please give everyone uh, a kind of a, a maybe a bio of what what you were doing before that, uh, and then we'll jump into sure. your uh, cash deal. Okay, my little bio. I am located and I live in New York, but I do mobile home uh, investing business in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, there are not too many mobile homes in New York, <laughs> so I'm doing it out of state. Um, it's a little harder since I'm about two, three hours away from all those locations. What got me into real, uh, into mobile home business is, I think, the price of the homes, affordability. The fact that I was able to buy more than just one home and I was able to put in money into renovate and it's this whole idea of prices. There are no homes in New York really under $100,000. So this whole idea of buying a home as cheap as free or a few hundred dollars, <laughs> it really fascinated me. Now, I always... Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I was always really into real estate. It always attracted me, but it, it, it's a little impossible to do in New York what we do with mobile homes in Pennsylvania or other states. Understood. Now, I completely agree. The I'm, I'm hearing uh, some uh, the accent in your voice. Where are you ori originally from? Originally, I'm from Ukraine. I moved out to New York when I was 16 with my family. Okay, so you moved when you were 16 from the Ukraine. It's this is just a uh, my my guess, but the with in in Ukraine there there are not many mobile homes. Uh, I don't know if there's any mobile homes. Not really. I grew up in the city. I grew up in a building, so okay. no, not too many. <laughs> and when you come to America, there there is this preconceived notion of trailers and. Uh, trailer trash and uh, Absolutely. just, just the, the fact that it's affordable housing, you know, equals, uh, you know, people that first, you know, are, Some stereotypes. are yes, a lot of stereotypes. So I think it was a big advantage. We actually looked at it from day one. We looked at it as why are people wasting thousands of dollars every month on rent in New York? When for thousands of dollars they could own a home, actual <laughs> home, 
<laughs> like with living room and dining room, kitchen, and there are so many other, you know, additions that mobile homes not have nowadays, like fireplaces, jacuzzis, you know. That it was really fascinated, and we actually looked at those people like, okay, they are doing the right thing by owning their homes, now, not just spending money on rent. Fantastic. Have you so is that now? Now that you're, uh, you know, almost ten, twelve deals into this type of investing in real estate yeah. has your has your perception or I'm not sure if you ever had a perception but what how how do you feel now about the people living in these homes live, living in these parks do they fit those stereotypes feel, or absolutely not i feel it's just regular people it's all types of different people that live there from low incomes to high income from nice people to bad people, just like anywhere else, you'll meet all kinds of different people with different professions, with different personalities, with different mindsets. So I still have the same perception. I get to meet a lot of nice people with decent incomes who just want to own their home. Well said. Well said. People are people. There's going to be bad apples in, in everywhere. Yep. Houses and apartments in every neighborhood. So that's perfect. And I, I like that. And I think it's also a little bit of the background, the fact that I am immigrant, <laughs> moving to another country. So I know what it's like to be stereotyped. I know what it's like to be, you know, judged or misunderstood. So I can relate a little bit when it comes to stereotypes. Wow, I didn't think of that. Interesting. <laughs> wow, interesting. Yes. Do you now? Now that how long have you? When did you get started with the mobile home investing? It was uh, about two years ago. We've been doing it almost for two years. The first year, we were doing a lot of research um, and just driving around and learning more about it and meeting drivers for communities, meeting park owners, um, researching information on the Internet. And next year, we really started picking up and buying homes and renovating them and getting deals. But recently, only recently we got our first cash deal where actually buyer made a cash offer <laughs> for the home which doesn't happen off so our first cash deal was the home that um i found through craigslist from the owner and we offered him it was a really nice decent shape of condition home it only needed plumbing to be fixed so that home uh we purchased for two thousand dollars how many bedrooms and bath was this uh, it's a two-bedroom. It had one of the bedrooms as master bedroom, was master bathroom, shower, and bathtub. Nice condition. Home was in the 80s, late 80s, with a deck, with a shed. Um, moving condition. Had carpet in. Everything seemed fine. It just needed plumbing to be fixed. So we bought it for 2000 because um, the seller really wanted to sell it. He was tired of paying a lot of rent mm -hmm. for the home that he didn't live at. It was vacant. Okay. Uh, so, so he accepted that offer, and about a few weeks later, I would say maybe three, four weeks later, I had a lot of interested people in the home with payments, and one buyer came in, and he made a cash offer, and he asked how much are they asking, and we said, just make an offer. And he made an offer of $10,000, but he said only, he would agree to buy it only if we made sure the plumbing works, that electric works, and the furnace is on and running. We haven't tested the furnace. We knew it's, it, it was pretty new. We haven't tested it. 
uh, plumbing was a little hard to fix because the weather it was really cold. So we said, you have to give us a few weeks until it gets warmer. So we agreed to fix all these things, make sure everything is on and working. Um, and Kanto offered him at $11,000. One of the, I would say, stupidest things we did by agreeing to do the repairs and by making sure everything is on and running. Because, first of all, it took us uh, much longer to fix it up because weather wasn't getting warmer. And second of all, once you agree to fix one thing, the buyer assumes and wants you to fix another thing or something else. And we ran into a few issues with it. Did you close and then, like, you know, so you found the buyer, you negotiated 11000 mm-hmm. Did you close right away? Mm-hmm. And, and have an agreement that you would do the repairs, or did you wait to sign papers and change money until he made sure everything was good? We oh, we signed an agreement, and we collected a deposit. Okay. We did not collect the full payment. We scheduled closing to be about a month later just to make sure everything is on and running and that we, we assumed we would have more than enough time to get it done and fixed. Well, uh, but then we... Mm-hmm. Well, your thought process, and let me make sure that you know I'm understanding. So, you 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 purchased for two thousand. You might have another month mm-hmm. of holding cost, and you mm-hmm. you sold it now, and you're saying, well, mm-hmm. even if this cost us another, let's say three thousand, you know, worst case to fix, you know, that yeah. will, will still be profitable five six thousand dollars. So it it made sense, you know, what what you what you were thinking. Um, I'm curious when you were selling it with payments and you said that you had a number of people that obviously, you know, who doesn't want to pay, you know, pay for the next four or five years and then own their home. How many, uh, what price and terms were you asking when with uh, payments? I so, think it was terms of 2000 down payment uh, based of the area. We know um, most of the people don't have a lot of cash to come up with. So it was 2000 down and I believe it was around 400 a month, um, 400 a month for, and we were asking for three years only. I know. <laughs> okay. Well, that's why you might have had so many people. And, you know, that's, uh, well, no, and you said you know. And so you're right. I pushed five years. Um, mm-hmm. It's big time. And that's just one of the, and it's, it happens to us all. And it happened to me so many times. And it's just, we leave that money on the table, those monthly payments on the table, because for lack of a better reason, we're just afraid to, we're, to, we're, we're, we're not comfortable yeah. or we're just not used to it. Or we don't, we, the rejection of people um, saying yeah. that, that they don't want to pay that. When in reality, if, you know, you're, you're talking to a hunt, uh, let's say 10, 10 people, you know, four or five, six of them may not like it, but the other four, they will like it. So it's, it's okay if there's some amount of people that don't want that, you know, to pay the five, six years, but some folks yes. um, will. And as long as they're good and they're hardworking. So I, what is I would agree there. There are a lot of people who will say they will calculate the total price and they will say, oh, so you're asking $15,000 for this home. But we're not really asking $15,000. What we're asking is small monthly payments. So there's a big difference with that. Well, right. And you are taking the risk. And if they want to pay cash, then you'll – that's not the same price. I mean, if they want to pay cash, exactly. it's completely different. Uh, but, different. Uh, 
Right. But it, so you were selling this for right around uh, $400 a month times three years is 14400 Yeah. And then plus another 2000 So right around 16000 is for, for payments. And then for uh, cash, you took eleven. So now we're yes. at the point in the story where you you took a deposit, you signed some uh, an agreement, the title you still mm-hmm. have the title and the keys. Yes. And okay, so now and then you set the closing for 30 days later. So now what yeah. happens? We fixed up the plumbing, we made sure everything is on and running, we fixed up the furnace in order to make sure the furnace runs. We had to fill up a tank of oil, which is another four hundred dollars um with the plumber we ran into issue where our contractor who was working on it um couldn't finish it we had to let someone else do it and then when we set the clothes and we collected the money we transferred the title everything was on and working and everything was fine and until the buyer moved in about three days later and he said the plumber was not fully fixed in the bathroom, there was some problem with the faucet. And, of course, being nice as we are, we agreed to send another plumber in uh, to fix it. And it was a plumber that we didn't know anything about. We never dealt with him before. It was kind of, I would say, emergency thing where we just had to find someone to do it to make sure our buyer is happy because we did promise the plumber to be on and running and functioning. Yes. So the pl- by fixing plumbing, uh, the, we ran into other issues where I believe there was a problem with the toilet and the flooring got damaged by water, and we agreed to fix that as well as it was we felt responsible for it. But that by fixing plumbing, the flooring also got ended up getting so spots from the water or something. So we had to pay extra money to the plumber and contractor to fix that after after all of those repairs and uh you know, mm-hmm. to date to, to the to the current date how much were, were you into the home we were um i would say only about a thousand dollars in oh okay so even with all those repairs just a thousand dollars with the repairs and then plus a little bit of hold like maybe one one month of holding yeah. cost and then Two thousand for the home. Yeah. So then you okay. So then even so then that's 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 not bad at all. So you ended up still was the sell after all those repairs got done was the was the buyer happy? That's the only thing that I think concerns me the most is that the buyer was really not happy and then he started asking for us to fix up other things and more things that we were not we never agreed on. We were never. And that's what I think where we made a first mistake by agreeing to make any repairs. We should have just gave him a discount or something because buyer felt like we're responsible to fix anything that would go wrong. <laughs> the homes that, that you sell or that I sell or anybody listening to this sell, if that's how your company deals, if, if, if that's just your company policy, you know, it is completely fine, which I know you're going to do this next time, you know, tell that mm-hmm. buyer, you know, Please walk through the home, get an inspector out there, spend you know a couple hours making sure you know everything about it because the home is for sale you know as is. So make sure you're we do, you're comfortable with it. We do, we absolutely explain that, and we absolutely 
But even though we did uh, put it in an agreement, we went over it and mm-hmm. we explained that we're not responsible for any future repairs or anything like that, but we will make sure the plumbing is on and running. We'll make sure the heater is on and running. But anything that happens after, even if it's a day or two later, you're not responsible for it. We cannot guarantee anything. With anything else? So no pre-existing conditions? With anything. Only the plumbing and the, uh, you said the furnace, I think? Uh, yes, furnace and electric, that oh, electric. lights are on and working. And we did you stick know, to our agreement. What, um, what what year was this Was this home again? You said 80s? Uh, 80s. I believe 86. Okay. You know, home's 20 years, so that's almost, tw- well, almost 30 years old now. Um, so that's almost yeah. 30 years old now. It is, I've never seen this home, but I can almost predict that after... You know that that home. There were a few outlets, well, at least one outlet that was that wasn't working correctly. Maybe mm-hmm. one light switch that wasn't working correctly as well. It it happens. And depending on this buyer, look looking back now, was this buyer were they kind of a? I guess the one way to say it. There's all you know. There's all types of people in this world. Were they yeah. some sort of pushy, or were they were they a bully? Were they were they trying to just you know ask no, for more, and more and more? Not at all. Or we, were they being reasonable? Not at. He was being very reasonable. Okay. Uh, he just explained explained to us that he would not want to be want to do any major repairs, such as plumbing or electric. That he wasn't familiar with it, and he wouldn't want to run into a lot of money mm-hmm. by trying to fix it. And as, um, since we know what the cost is for us to fix plumbing, uh, we need to do it. We thought it was worth it, but at the end of the day, I don't think it was worth making a buyer really unhappy. And I feel like he felt like we could do a lot more. Um, I would say moving forward, if we do have a cash buyer or even with payments, if there's anything the buyer wants us to take care of fix, we will absolutely not do it. We are selling home as it. And if they put out to any issues, big or small, we can come up with some sort of discount for the home. But it will not agree to do any repairs. Uh-huh. Do you ever get the electric or, or water turned on prior to uh, selling the home? Yes. Or closing? Mm-hmm. We try. We try to always make sure that electric uh, is on. The water runs. Okay. Good. So then I. So I'm. I'm. I'm in agreement with you there. I mean, with 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 the disclosing and selling as is, and then having the electric on so people can see in the plumbing. But just disclosing. You know, just you're not pushing anybody. You're saying, you know, please take your time, walk through it, test every. You know, what you what what, what you need to do. Because you're going to have, well, in most cases, you're going to have a three, to five, six-year relationship with them, them paying you every month. Um, and one more thing mm-hmm. to add, I think you, you handled it perfectly because it doesn't sound like you were, you were asking or advertising a cash price, only payments, right? We do not. We learn, we learn not to um, just by listening to your program and the information the we get also from other investors. We do not advertise cash price. It's something we encourage buyers who are interested to make an offer, but Good. we do not advertise it. I like how you said that. Encourage them to to make an offer. Good. And then, yes. 
so the moral of, of this, um, so you purchased a nice property for 2000 I'm curious, one thing I wanted to ask you and I didn't yet, how long was that seller asking 2000 and what was their original asking price, if you remember? I do. I believe he had an add-up on Craigslist for $3,000 originally. Um, we actually ended up paying to the seller only about $900. Oh. Only one to the seller. The reason why is because he owned uh, back taxes, and he owned money f for the lot rent and water. He was late for lot rent, I believe, three months or something. So most of the money went to the park owner. Okay. It was that now, okay, that park owner must have been, you know, usually after three months they would be evicted by then. So I'm, I'm thinking that park owner was, was that like a mom-and-pop type park or the park manager work he is working. yes okay. uh, i really like the guy he, he he's an awesome guy but yes he does give his tenants uh, too many chances and <laughs> a lot of time <laughs> so that tenant was clearly uh that seller he, i mean he wasn't making payments that's clearly a, a high priority seller that um that's good yes. so you did give him 900 it probably could have got you know for lower but good 900 helps him he's not paying that lot rent any anymore you got a Correct. good deal um, now what's the difference between how you sold it and how he was selling it you know what separates you know him from selling it and asking three grand and then you selling it and now making 11. huge difference there are so many little details number one was uh he had one ad on Craigslist, just in one area and one section. Um, it was all um, lowercase letters, uh, very simple, one sentence, two, ba two bedroom, one bathroom, mobile home for sale, and price. There was no no other information of the home, how much is the lot rent, where is it located, none of that information. There were no pictures. Uh, I tried emailing him. He never responded to me with pictures <laughs> and information. I called, I think it took me about um, one month to get this home. I had to really call the guy, try to get in contact with him where he would never get back to me, never call me back. And I really tried. Incredible. How, the, see, it's it's just not a, it's so funny that, that that's just not a priority. I mean, he's behind in rent. He wants to yes. sell it. Maybe he's embarrassed or it's just, it's just not that big of a deal. Maybe because he knows the park manager will keep, you know, he'll keep kind of letting him slide a little bit. But that's interesting. Uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, wow. He was really not responsive. So if it was any regular buyer, I don't think they would call him as many times <laughs> as I did and try to make a time to come out. So, yes. I think, and also number one thing, he didn't have a sign in the window that home is for sale. Then, and that so that was number, so uh, that was number. I think you said what eight or nine or seven or eight. Yeah, Something eight, 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 eight steel. Yeah, I think so. And you, so one, so okay, all of them before that were payments. That's pretty standard. You finally sold one, and that was just recently, right? And that was might have been because of tax. Yes. Tax time. It was a few months ago. Yes. Okay. 
hey, I personally agree. I've sold many homes that way. When you can pass along your savings to the tenant buyer to then get them in the home uh, and at a more attractive move-in and monthly payment, I mean, that is win-win all the way. Most tenant buyers will be happy to do repairs, but obviously disclose, 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 sell the product that you are selling, um, and you know every, that'll be win-win. Um, but I also know people on the other side of the coin, uh, and I have done this as well, that I've sold homes with home warranties included. Now, whether I was servicing those home warranties or I outsourced to them to an actual home warranty type of company, um, that's besides the point. But uh, sometimes that's what gets homes sold. So it really depends on uh, who you're selling to and the situation uh, at hand and the cash flow and the exit strategy. Uh, thank you so much okay, for being here, Alana. Yeah. Any, anything that you would add to anybody that um, is thinking about mobile home investing, manufactured home investing, that's never done this before? I would say just do your research. Uh, first, do your homework, drive around, get a lot of more information about the business, what it takes. It's not easy, but it's definitely worth it. If it's something you're interested in, it's worth it. <laughs> it's not easy. That's right. Yeah. It takes daily action, but it is worth it. But I love it. I love every minute of it. It could be stressful. It could be frustrating. But then you meet people and buyers where you realize why you're doing it. Great way to say that. I agree. Yes. The face when you can help both the sellers and the buyers, and it's a genuine yes. It's a genuine, you know, thank you, you know, helpful, and sometimes people are crying. They're so happy, and um, it does happen. Yeah. And it, those are the best moments. And it, it happens all the time where sellers are happy that we buy their home finally, and buyers are happy. Most of them, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, most exactly. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lana, for for being here. I know I got a lot out of it. Thank you, John. The ideas and advice given in today's episode are for entertainment purposes only. If you have future ideas or questions for upcoming episodes, please email us at support at mobilehomeinvesting.net. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, the biggest compliment you can give is to like and share this podcast with your friends. 